So we have started a series on pathways, and the whole point of pathways in Proverbs, or proverbial pathways, could be, all right, uh, the pathways in Proverbs that we are talking about, we talked about in particular the first time, them being your choice. All right? The, the point of these pathways is you don't get onto the, a good pathway by accident. You choose a good pathway, you make a good choice, and you, then you get there because you decided to go there. All right? It's not like, oh, people, uh, some guy was really wealthy and made a great business by accident. That's very rare. 99.99999% of the time, the guy worked hard, built his skills, uh, he or she then took their talent and did something with it and worked at advertising or whatever it was and built things and sold things or created things or made a service that was useful and they did that and that pathway then built into a good business. So are they lucky? No, they made a good choice and a series of good choices and the series of good choices got them to a place where they were in a desirable uh, pathway, all right? So that's the point with pathways. Now, the very uh, first pathway we looked at was truth, okay? John talked about truth last week. Remember anything about truth? Truth. Looking at others and looking at yourself. All right. Now, the truth about others, oftentimes, uh, remember Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? And in an attempt to be uh, very cerebral, he said, what is truth? Like it's some theological thing to say, well, there, you know, there's all kinds of truth. Everybody got your own truth. That's not a new idea. That's been around for a long time that there is no real truth. But what's been around for longer than that idea is that God said, I have created the truth. This is really what happened. Believe it or not, it still is the truth. It makes no difference whether you say what God says is the truth or not. It only makes a difference to you in your life. If you agree with God, you will find your life ends up in a much better place. Okay? If you say, well, what does God know about the truth? I know better. Were you there when the world was created? Do you know better about how mankind worked? Do you know better about relationships than God does? Do you know better about your own mind and your own body? No. God knows all those things. God knows about the future. God knows about the past. We have little tiny snippets, and oftentimes we think we know a lot, and yet we really know very little, and we make choices off of very little. All right? But it's most important within God's truth to understand about yourself. The truth about ourselves is that, to begin with, we are sinners. We don't get things right. 
If you come at the world and say, I'm, I'm perfect and I've got everything all set and you have to live up to me, that's going to be the wrong pathway. But if you come at the world and say, I don't get everything right, I make mistakes, and I'm going to make some more, but I want to follow God, that's a good pathway. All right? I have told my staff at work, when I first started, I had some very interesting folks. They've been doing things for a very long time, and I was the new guy coming in. And I was supposed to be leader over these guys. And they all had opinions, and they all knew exactly how things went. And they saw people fail in the past. And I told them I was going to make mistakes too. But when I make a mistake, I'll tell you. And I remember one of the first times that I made a mistake, and I had a meeting, and the very thing I said is, there it was, I told you I was going to make mistakes, and here it is, I made one. Here's this, and I told them specific things about it, and they appreciated that, because they knew I wasn't coming at them as, look at me, you need to do exactly what I say, because I know everything. I don't know everything. All right? So when we approach the world in a real truthful way, our lives end up down the road in a much better place. Whether you're telling the truth about things, I've told, I've walked up to professors afterwards with mistakes on my exams. One time I walked up to a professor and said, you gave me whatever, we'll say it's a 95, and really, I should have had a 90. Because I really missed this question, and you, mixed, you missed it. And one professor said to me, fantastic, thank you for bringing me that honestly. I'll take those points that you did up to a 95, you would have lost those five. Instead, I'm going to double them and give you 100. Then I had another professor that said, I did the same thing. Apparently they messed up a lot of exams because I had a bunch of them. <coughs> another one where I came and told them the truth and said, really, I should have messed these other two points up and, you know, whatever I had, this, and I should have had the, I should have had two points less. And he said, leave it. There's probably lots of people out there that didn't tell me about it. I appreciate your honesty. And then I had professors where I walked up to and said, here's my two points I should have had. And they said, good, I'll take them away. And that was it. <laughs> but either way, I chose to walk the truth in all of those things. And to me, I walked out. Some of my friends thought I was crazy to do it. But to me, I walked out and they couldn't take that away from me. I had integrity. All right. So we're going to look at another pathway. That was our first was truth. We're going to look at another pathway. Uh, we are in Proverbs, chapter number 5. Proverbs, chapter number 5. And I want to start out first by telling you about a movie that we watched recently. A movie. Just actually very recently watched it. And this movie, uh, subtle very subtly, or maybe not even very subtly, uh, painted an interesting picture. It was about a young boy and his mother. 
and it talked about his father leaving the family, running away with a secretary. And of course they said, oh, that's terrible, and off he left, and he just never kept his promises, okay? And the young man was very sad about it, and the mother then decides she's going to find a new guy. And so she brings this new guy into her home and decides, well, we're just going to try this out for a while, all right, to live with them. Brings a new guy, lives with them, and of course there's tension between the young man and the new guy, and he tries to force him away and gets him to do crazy things to try to force him to go away, all right? And they make sort of a joke of it all about the Indian, they join these, this Indian guide tribe, it's called, um, and they do funny things, kind of like Boy Scouts, but instead of, it's more like Native American stuff that they do instead. And he tries to get him to quit and, and leave by getting him to do crazy things, have to wear headdress and have to do crazy things. Um, but in the end, of course, they save each other and all is well and everything works out just fine. And then they get married. So Hollywood makes a lot of different shows out there. And as I looked at this movie, I said, there is so much twisted about that movie. If you were to look at that movie and say, well, this is how people live. Well, there are people that live just like that. But what they're painting, the picture they're painting, is not what God's plan is. And you'll find in life, there are a lot of things. All right? A lot of things that people do that are not the right pathway. You'll see people. Sometimes people very close to you that choose the wrong pathway. And you can say, well, uh, you know, my uncle did this, or my aunt did this, or my grandmother, or my mother, or my father do this, or this, or this. And that may or may not be true. But God's pathway still stands as the right thing. So what was wrong? Well, if I go through the list and say what was wrong uh, with the movie, there's a bunch of things. Now, I'm not saying that as judgment. I'm just saying that is not the way God intended it. God intended something different. So let's look at what God intended for a relationship. All right? Let's look at it. We've got an interesting passage in chapter number 5. Chapter number 5 of Proverbs. I would like you to read for me. Verse number one through three, please. My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion. Discretion, yep. And that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. All right. Here's an interesting little passage. Now, talks about listening. First of all, listen to me and pay attention because I got some good wisdom for you. This is what Solomon is saying. 
So he writes the book of Proverbs. He says, listen, I've got some good information for you. Let's first talk about these girls. All right. Talks about a girl who is strange. Now, not strange in the way of being weird, right? But strange in being not the one that he has chosen. This, this young man has chosen. We'll get into that in a moment. But first of all, what do you think girls do when they want to get noticed by a guy? There's a few of you here. What do they do? Dress nice. Okay, there's a good one. <laughs> Dress nice. Okay, they put on some nice clothes. What else? <laughs> How about you comb your hair nice? Do it up nice, maybe curl it if it's flat, or straighten it if it's curly, right? Because you can't do whatever it was, the way it came out of the box, you can't do that, right? So, <laughs> you gotta do opposite of whatever it is. So, your hair, and then what happens maybe around when you're 13, maybe 14, maybe 18, whatever, your family, doesn't really matter. What do you put on your face? Makeup, why? <laughs> All right, so makeup. And what, what is the point of makeup? To be pretty. To be pretty, okay. To, well, it's to accentuate certain features, right? So, talk about lipstick. That's pretty benign, maybe, right? What does lipstick do? Okay, <laughs> red or a color or purple or whatever. It could make them look bigger. And does it make them look dry or wet? Depends. Sometimes. Depends. Yeah, you can wear a matte lipstick. Dry lipstick, okay. You can wear a matte lipstick or a gloss. A matte or a gloss. So you're trying to get the perfect moisture, all right? Now, think about the time when, uh, and I am no expert in makeup, believe me, but think about Bible times. Did they go to the store, Walmart, and buy lipstick? No. No, but they had the very same idea as we need to make you look good, right? And what do they put on their lips? Oil. Yes, okay. Oil, okay, and think about what else, too, right? What else do you put on your body so you smell better? Perfume. Like perfume, right? And why do you put it on there? To be noticed, right? Right? To be noticed, that's the idea. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that's the point of it. So, when a, now that we worked through all that, for all of you young ladies and young gentlemen, all right? The point of doing that is to attract somebody else. Whether or not you do it consciously, subconsciously, whatever, you wanna make yourself look nice to attract somebody else. 
there's a woman in here called Strange Woman, all right? Strange Woman. And she is, she's got some oil on her lips, make them look lush and colorful and moist and shiny. And, ooh, you're going to be so attractive to me, right? And Honeycomb, she's going to be sweet smelling. She's just trying to attract, okay? So, there you are. We've got this. Now, why is he giving a warning? Why is Solomon giving a warning about this woman with oil on her lips? Oily-lipped woman. What's wrong with her? <laughs> why is Solomon warning? My son, be careful. Let's go back and look quickly in our, we've talked about this lots of times, men versus women. Men notice things first by visual. Now, everybody does in general, right? First, person, first thing you do is see a person, well, if you don't know that person, you see the outside of the person, right? And I don't, unless if you're blind, you see people like that, right? So you notice people. I can see the colors of your hair, maybe your eyes, if you got glasses or not, what you're wearing. Okay, I can see kind of the shape, outline of your body. That's all things I see. I can see whether you have size 23 feet or size two feet. I can see that sort of, okay? And what I notice about you first is that. Now the idea is, as you come and know a person more, you get to know their personality. And then if you really, and we've talked about this, that's the outer part of the person going to the personality and, and the things that you do, your humor and all that sort of stuff, and then going inner to the more depth, in-depth part is your spirit, which is the way God touches you, and you can be alive there when Christ comes into you. So that's even a better and more deeper connection than the outside, okay? None of those other attractions are bad, but in and of themselves, they can be dangerous. And so he is saying to his son, you're already committed to somebody. Watch that other woman. What you don't know yet is that he's married. All right? You'll find this out later in the chapter. But he's saying, watch out for that woman with oily lips. Okay? Watch out with her, for her. Because she will tell you anything to get you to go with her instead. And what is that called? Persuading. Persuasion. Persuasion, yep. No, cheating. cheating, okay. If, if you leave your relationship, your committed relationship, to go to somebody else... Right? That's unfaithful. Especially that committed relationship is in marriage. And that's what we're talking about today. There's a pathway that you choose in your life to say, I'm going to commit to this person. That's a big thing, is commit. Love equals commitment. 
Love equals commitment. So if you're going to choose that, and here's the time where some point in your life here in the next couple of years, if you haven't already, you will notice. If you're a girl, you'll say, oh, look it, there are boys over there. And if you're a guy, you'll say, oh, look, there are girls. You'll notice. But the idea is, I want you to understand that there is a right pathway and a pathway that you choose. If you let it all just happen to you, you won't end up in a good spot. But if you say, I'm choosing things for the right reason, I'm doing what God asks me to do, then you end up in a good spot. All right? And we'll talk about what happens as time goes on. Verse number four, and we're going to read all the way through number 14. This is about this oily-lipped woman. Again, what happens if you're unfaithful to your spouse? If you go to be with this woman, if you run away like that Hollywood movie, right? He runs away with a secretary, and eh, that's just normal. It is normal for people who don't want to live a good life, for people who don't want to be on God's pathway. It's very normal, and it's very destructive, and it's very painful for all people involved, and it does not bring you to a good place. So let's keep reading about what happens if you choose. Verse number 4, all the way through 14, please. But her end is bitter. Ooh, bitter. Ugh. Anyways, go ahead. Her feet go down to death, her steps take hold on help. Lest thou sh should ponder the path of life, her ways are movable that thou can not know them. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh the door of her. Lest thou give thine honor unto others, and thy years unto the cruel. Lest strangers be filled with thy wealth, and thy labors be in the house of a stranger. And thou mourn at the last, with thy flesh and thy body are consumed. And say, How have I hated instruction, and my heart despises the grief. And have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ears to them, in that structured me. I was almost in all the midst of congregation and assembly. Alright. If you choose a pathway of unfaithfulness, if you are in that relationship someday, I hope for you all, if God has a plan for you all, that you find that perfect mate, that right man or woman to be with, to have a family with, to commit to. But you can, if you choose, while you are in that committed relationship, when you're married to that person, if you choose to wander and go to someone else, you will bring to yourself destruction. And it talks about crazy things. Your feet are on the doorstep of hell. You're in a point of self-destruction. Everything you worked for, that you built with that spouse of yours, you will hand away and give to other people. And if you have ever known people who have been in a relationship 
and have gone through marriage and then have been divorced, they can tell you they lost everything. They worked and worked and worked and they just handed it away and they keep handing it away. Whether it comes through payments or whether it's through their emotions, some people become a shell of a person when they've gone through that, even if it was their own fault. Or it's even worse if it was the other spouse's fault. But normally both give towards something, towards that choice. Okay? Both have a hardened heart because forgiveness is always an option. Reconciliation is always an option. But if you decide to be unfaithful, it will bring you to a place of constant regret in your life. All right? So choose. Choose now and say, whomever I am going to date, whomever I am going to pursue in my life, however it's going to work, wherever God's going to take me, and I decide I'm going to marry that person, commit to them. Okay? Commit to them. And be committed for life. This is unpopular anywhere. People don't talk about this because it's unpopular. Because what they say is, well, when you get tired of them, you just leave. But that's not what God says. When you get tired of somebody and just leave, you leave a wake of destruction behind you. You leave anger and hurt in all the people around you, and you oftentimes have bitterness yourself. Right? It is not the pathway God intended. God intended to walk this pathway. And that's why I'm telling you, you folks are young, right here, right now, you don't have to make dumb choices. You can. But there was 10 verses on why not to make them. And one that said, don't do it. Okay? Don't make these dumb choices. If you're going to commit, make sure it's the person that you really are going to commit to with your life. Right? So all of you have parents. And there is a decision they make every day to stay with each other. It's a committed decision. And it's not easy every day. I'm going to tell you that. It's not easy. But when you decide right from the beginning, this is my only option. I'm walking the pathway of faithfulness. You do your very best from the very beginning. And that is the core of what you see. Now, if you don't do it, we saw regret comes. All right? Regret comes. Now we're going to get to the verses of what happens. What does he say? He said, you shouldn't do all this. Now, what should you do? Verse number 15, 16, 17, and 18, please. Drink waters out of thine own cistern, and running waters out of thine own well. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad, and rivers of waters in the streets. Let them be only thine own, and not strangers with thee. All right, so here it is. This is where we find out finally that this guy, my son, when he says it in the first verse, is married. Stay with the wife of your youth. Rejoice with her. Be happy. Rejoice. And when you do this, 
And when you drink waters from your own well, in your own cistern, what does that mean? All right? If I say, my house has a well, I know a lot of you guys have public water now, but my house has a well and your house has a well, I stay to my own well. I'm faithful to my well. I like my well, right? <laughs> and I'm not sharing with you my well. <laughs> this is an analogy, okay? This is an analogy to say, if you choose somebody in your life, be faithful to them only. Don't go looking around to be happy somewhere else because you're unhappy with your spouse this moment, this day, this week, this month, whatever. I'm frustrated, so I'm looking somewhere else to be satisfied somewhere else. No, be satisfied with whom you choose. That's a choice to be satisfied. That's saying, I choose to love this person. Marriage is not about what that person can give me. Marriage is about what I can give to them. Now, if you both approach it that way, it works out quite nicely. So beware and be careful as you get to finding people, right? And you say, oh, this is the person I really love. Make sure that person thinks the same way you do. And that brings you that right pathway. Drink water from your own well. In other words, be satisfied with that nice cold drink from your own relationship. Don't go looking every other place. Go back there. It's a choice you made. No one forced you to get married. No one forced you to choose that person. But once you choose, say, I'm committed. That's where I'm staying. That brings you to the best pathway. That's the very best pathway for you, for me, for all of us. All right? Now, what happens? You guys are all young and you look wonderful. And as time goes on, you will look less wonderful. You get old. <laughs> Need more makeup, maybe. <laughs> right, right. The idea is this. Once you've chosen that person and committed to that person, it's not, well, I'm committed to them until they don't look so good. That's not the commitment that you're looking for. You're looking for something more deep. You're looking to say, I'm going to be satisfied with this person regardless of whether he's old and fat and she's saggy, decrepit, right? Can barely get around. You commit to that person regardless. And you don't go looking when you say, well, that's not what I used to see when I looked at my spouse. You say, no, I'm choosing to love them. And what you find is when you make a choice, you choose to love them, you can learn to fall in love with them again. Because in your season of life, things will kind of go and you'll be like, oh, I'm not feeling all that love that I once felt. And then you say, I'm going to make a choice, though, to commit and to do the things that I need to do to build that relationship. Remember, it's about what I can do for them. 
That's hard to do again and again. But that's the pathway God has set. So be satisfied with that person. And I'm going to read the next couple of verses, all right, to get through to the end here. Uh, actually, verse 19 and 20. So you picture this beautiful young girl, this beautiful couple, and there they are. There's, she's as graceful as a deer, right? And someday she's not going to be. That's just the truth. Not very many people, when they're 85, look as graceful as a deer. If they are, count yourself lucky. But it's not normal, all right? Let her be as the loving hind, or that is, a deer, and the pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times, and be thou ravished always with her love. So be satisfied with the way she looks, regardless. You chose her. Be satisfied with the way he is. You chose him. And why wilt thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? So don't go to the oily-lipped woman, right? Choose and stick with the person you do. Which means it is a big deal to choose the right person. Prayer is how you get there. Reading, paying constant attention. Don't jump into something. Paying attention to what God wants you to do when he wants it. All right? The timing is a big deal, and God knows what he wants for you. So be aware when you make a choice that it's forever. Make that your goal, all right? Verse 21, For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. His own iniquities shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. He shall die without instruction, and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray. God watches us in our choices. That's the goal of all this thing is to understand when God is watching us, our pathway, make sure we're careful to choose the right one and stick to it. The idea is to be faithful. And this is the pathway of faithfulness. You choose it and it's good for life. And God will bless you through it. You have lots of good examples in this church of people that have been married for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years plus. People can do it. Don't think their lives were all roses and sunshine all the time. But they chose to do it. And it's a good example. Stick to those examples. Listen to Solomon's advice and choose the path of faithfulness. Thank you very much.